We're blessed to have have professional musicians in this church, and we've got them. We've got them by the handfuls, and that's great. Oh, we got lots of good musicians here. Y'all was singing so good, I started just telling to sing two or three more, and we'd cut the preaching out. But I said, Nah. Nah. Exodus, Exodus chapter 19, we'll finish up the last few verses. When we ended, we were on Mount Sinai with, with the people of Israel and with Moses. And they are about to receive the Ten Commandments from God. This is something that some of us may be familiar with. This uh, was an important time for the nation of Israel because God had led them out of Egypt and He was about to give them instruction. He was about to give them the law. He was about to tell them, this is how you need to treat one another. These are some things you need to do. These are some things you need to avoid. God was setting the standard, we could say, as to what and how the people needed to live. And it was a standard that was hard to live by because God requires perfection. And so God uh, laid out the law for them. But as we see in the book of Hebrews, and we'll get there in a little bit tonight, uh, the old way was, was not the best way, which is why God saw the need for Jesus Christ that we talked about uh, this morning. But here uh, in Exodus chapter 19, starting in verse 16 is where we will be tonight, uh, God is about to present the people with the Ten Commandments and with uh, the law. Now up until this point in, 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 in Scripture, if you've ever read the Bible, a lot of years passed between what we see in Genesis all throughout the book of Genesis. It covers hundreds of years of, of different people's lives and different events that go on. But as we get here into Exodus, now that the people are out of Egypt, all the things that we see in Scripture that are mentioned in, in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, all of those events, some of which are repeated throughout some of those different books, take place in a very short span of time. So where Genesis covers hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, uh, the book of Exodus and the books following really are condensed uh, into just a few years. And that's kind of a change of pace that we're going to see uh, because these events that we'll be reading from this point uh, forward in Exodus are events that are covered in some of these other books that, are, uh, that come after Exodus in the Bible. But when we left off last time when we were in Exodus 19, we left the people uh, and they were being prepared. One thing that we had seen is that Moses was doing a lot of going up and coming down the mountain. Uh, God was, was, was there and He was speaking to Moses and Moses would go and relay these messages to the people and we've seen Moses go up the mountain and come down the mountain and up the mountain and go down the mountain on a few different occasions. And God had sent Moses down the mountain to tell the people that they needed to be prepared, that they needed to wash, that they needed to set up boundaries around Mount Sinai because God was about to be there among the people and no one was to go on the mountain or they were to be killed. And so God was preparing the people in His presence. The people were not allowed to uh, come before God uh, past a certain distance. And that's what we had saw uh, take place in these verses before verse 16 tonight. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to You tonight, and I thank You for these words, and I pray that You help us to see uh, 
what's going on here for your people Israel. But dear Lord, help us to see how this applies to us in our life. So I pray, God, that you just give me the words to say, that you let them just come from, uh, from you, dear Lord God, that you let them roll out of my mouth and make sense. God, help me not to ramble. Help me not to say things that are confusing. But, dear Lord, help everything we read tonight be for your glory and for our benefit, God, that we grow in you, dear Lord, that there's something in these words tonight that we understand, that we see, that we rejoice in. And we thank you for these words, and I pray that you just hide me behind the cross as I preach tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Exodus 19, verse 16. On the third day, when morning came, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and a loud trumpet sound, so that all the people in the camp shuddered. Now imagine this event for a moment here. Imagine God descending on this mountain. It's, it's probably kind of like a stormy atmosphere. There's, there's smoke that is there. There's, there's thunder and lightning that are taking place. And all of these things are being witnessed by God's people. They are being witnessed by the Israelites. They are being witnessed by Moses. And in all the things that they had seen God do to this point, which was a lot as we remember the plagues and we remember God parting the Red Sea, upon God uh, coming before them on the mountain, uh, they shuddered when they saw these things. And there was a trumpet that was sounded. And so this would have been a, an event that would have been uh, an awesome event for the Israelites to have taken part in. There was fear that was there. And that's natural. That's a natural response. We see that sometimes uh, in Scripture. Uh, even when angels approach people, whether it's a single angel or a multitude of an angels, usually there's a fear that comes there. It's a hard thing for us maybe to wrap our mind around what's going on in some of these instances, uh, but I think that this is a natural response to be in the presence of the Lord, especially with all these things going on, to see the power of God with your own eyes, to hear it with your own ears, to be there right before the Maker of heaven and earth, the Creator of the world, and here the Israelites and Moses were. Verse 17, Then Moses brought the people out of, out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke because the Lord came down on it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what that, what that must have been like for the people of Israel? Can you imagine what it must have been like for Moses to speak and God answering him in the thunder? The whole earth shaking and quaking as God responds to Moses. It, it makes me kind of have chills to think about what an amazing, powerful voice that must have been that Moses heard as the Lord spoke to him in the thunder. In verse 20, the Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain. Then the Lord summoned Moses to the top of the mountain, and he went up. The Lord directed Moses, go down and warn the people not to break through to see the Lord, otherwise many of them will die. 
So we've seen this kind of up and down from Moses on the mountain. Here he goes up to the mountain again. He gets this word from the Lord. And as soon as he gets up there, God gives him the word. And he says, now go back down and relay this word to the people. Don't allow them to come up on this mountain. They cannot come before me. They cannot be in my presence. There is a certain boundary that is set up that they have to stay behind. Now God had already told Moses that. And that had already been prepared as Moses states here in the next verse. Verse 22, uh, or, or in the verse or two down, excuse me. Even the uh, priests who come near the Lord must purify themselves, or the Lord will break out in anger against them. But Moses responded to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai since you warned us. Put a boundary around the mountain and consider it holy. And the Lord replied to him, Go down and come back with Aaron. But the priest... And the people must not break through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out in anger against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Now, all of these things took place, and, and kind of in my mind, I've kind of always uh, pictured this, this sequence of events a little differently. Now, part of that probably can be attributed to the Ten Commandments movie, and part of it is just my misinterpretation of the text and not understanding what's going on. In my mind, and I just got this, and I probably should have got it before, I always thought that as God gave the Ten Commandments uh, to, 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 to Moses, Moses took them back down on the stone tablets immediately. But that's not what we see here in the text at all. Moses had gone up before the Lord, and now the Lord told him to come back down before the people. And in verse 25, so Moses went down to the people and told them. So Moses goes back down the mountain. He's not up on the mountain. He's back down the mountain with the people. And it's then, in chapter 20, verse 1, then, the, then God spoke all these words, and then he speaks the Ten Commandments. He is speaking them not to Moses personally on the mountain by himself, but Moses is with the people, and God is speaking to Moses and to the people. And we see that later on as we will cover when we get to verse 20, that as God is speaking to them, they ask Moses to don't let God speak directly to us. Be a mediator for us. That is, Moses, you let God talk to you and you talk to us. It's a scary thing for them as God was, was speaking these Ten Commandments to them. We also can, uh, I believe, know that Moses was not up there receiving the Ten Commandments on the, on the stone tablets at this time because God had said, when you come back, bring Aaron. And Moses had not done it, that yet. But we will see in the coming chapters that Moses will make his way back up the mountain. And at that time, he will receive the stone tablets that God had, had, had prepared for him with the Ten Commandments. Now, I probably should have gotten that before this point, but I just got that today. And so, and so or, or earlier on when I was studying the last couple of weeks. And so here we see this magnificent event taking place. The boundary is set up, and here is Moses who is uh, to be a mediator between God and the Israelites as God is speaking the message to the Israelites. But as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, there was that boundary that was there. Not even the priests could go without purifying themselves. There was that boundary between the Israelites and between God. And that boundary between them was their sinfulness. That God was a, was a perfect God, but the Israelites were sinners. And that sin is what separated them from God as much as God loved them and had delivered them and was preparing a way for them into the promised land. 
there was that sin that separated them that kept them from being in the presence of God. Now, we talked about that in pretty good detail uh, a couple of weeks ago. But here we see an interesting thing unfold uh, in, in the verses and chapters to come, and that is that idea of there needing to be a mediator between Israel and between God. Now, we've seen this many times throughout the book of Exodus, and we see it many times throughout the Old Testament, that many of the things that we read about and, and, and learn about are pointing us toward Jesus. They were a foreshadowing. They were something that was, that was pointing the people toward Jesus, toward the Messiah, even if maybe they didn't realize it. But those who came after, you and I and many others throughout the years, uh, and particularly those in Jesus' day, who would have heard the, uh, these things that were taking place, who would have read the words of the prophets, as they begin to see the Messiah come and they begin to see certain things unfold, they would have begun to see the connection between all of these things in the Old Testament and how the old way is being fulfilled in a better way by Jesus Christ. And so there's that, there's that connection between how things were done in the Old Testament and they were, they were kind of foreshadowing the way, just a glimpse of, of what God would do. And Jesus Christ would, would follow that same pattern in, in many of these things and complete what God's plan was in a perfect way. Now God was giving the Israelites the law here in the verses to come. But it was a law that never could save the Israelites. Now, if you care about uh, learning about kind of the law and, and Jesus uh, kind of freeing the people from the law and Jesus fulfilling the covenant in a better way than what the law could ever, uh, ever do for the people, you need to read the book of Hebrews. It talks about that extensively. Now, it may be kind of confusing some of the language and some of the words, uh, but that, that's a really good book to read if you care about kind of learning, okay, we want to learn about how Jesus is the new covenant is the better way, read the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of good things there. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12, if you want to turn there tonight, Hebrews chapter 12, that's in the New Testament. It's going to start right after the writings of Paul, so after 1st, 2nd Timothy, and I think Philemon's what comes after that, and Titus. Uh, if you find those T books, just flip a little further and you'll find Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> As Hebrews does so well, is, is kind of pointing out how Jesus is a better way. Uh, we see kind of the same thing mentioned here in chapter 12. And there is a reference to this very event that we are talking about. And it points out how uh, the Israelites in Sinai, how that wasn't the perfect way. How Jesus is the perfect way. And there are some similarities between the two. Uh, and the author of Hebrews is helping us to see that connection there. A connection that maybe sometimes uh, we miss or sometimes uh, uh, the people that the author of Hebrews, uh, the, the, the audience that he was writing to had missed. Sometimes we may miss these connections between Old Testament things and how they uh, connect to Jesus Christ and point us toward Jesus Christ. First, uh, excuse me, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. Hebrews 12, 18. For you have not come to what could be touched to a blazing fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words. Those who heard it begged that not 
another word would be spoken to them. Now these events that the author of Hebrews is talking about, as you can tell by the wording that's used, the blazing fire, the darkness, the gloom, uh, the, the blast of the trumpet, he's talking about the Israelites on Mount Sinai. Now he says that those who heard it begged that not another word would be spoken to them. We didn't cover that in the scriptures we talked about tonight, but we will in the next week or two. Uh, continuing on, verse 20, For they could not bear what was commanded. And even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The appearance was so terrifying that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels in festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven. To God, who is judge of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, to Jesus, mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which says better things than the blood of Abel. Now, the author of Hebrews here is making a distinction between the events that took place to uh, the Israelites as they stood at Mount Sinai and that way uh, not being a suitable way to ever to ever accomplish what God's will was and God's desire was. Yeah, the 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 uh, there were blood that was to be sacrificed and all of these things that were to be sacrificed and done for the forgiveness of the people's sins and all of these things would have been spoken to uh, the people of God in the verses to come after what we've talked about tonight but that was not a better way they could not have a relationship with God at least not one-on-one there had to be that that mediator they couldn't come before God there was a boundary there and so that boundary always separated the people from being able to directly come to God And so the Old Testament way was never the perfect way. It was a way that got the people by until the perfect way come. The author of Hebrews is saying that we are not like those people because Jesus has come and Jesus is the perfect way. And we are not at Mount Sinai, we are at Mount Zion. And we are not those who are separated uh, from God because of our sin, but we are those who are made perfect maybe not in this life, but ultimately through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the better way. Remember that word we used a while ago to describe Moses being a mediator in the verses that we will see to come in in, uh, Exodus, that the people said, Moses, you be between us and God. Well, that was a foreshadowing of what we needed. We needed someone to be between us and uh, and God. Because we, like the Israelites, uh, if Jesus had not come, would have no way to have a relationship with God. We could never be with God. We would never go to heaven because we are sinful. And just as the Israelites needed a mediator between them and God, so you and I do. Now Moses could never be that mediator for all mankind because Moses was a sinful man. So what God knew is that he needed to provide a man who was going to be perfect, to be the mediator between us and God. And Jesus Christ was the one that God provided. God provided his very own son so that he could be the mediator between us and God. So that because of Jesus, we would have forgiveness of sins and we could have a relationship with God. So that because of Jesus, we wouldn't be separated from God for all eternity uh, with boundaries, those boundaries of sin that kept us from God. But Jesus broke those boundaries when he died on the cross, when he rose from the grave. Jesus broke those barriers that were keeping us from having a relationship with God. 
And when we come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness, our sins are washed away. We are made as white as snow. God had told the Israelites to wash and to clean, and while that washed the dirt off, it could never wash their soul clean. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. All the things that the Israelites could do while they were good, they can never make them perfect. It can never forgive their sins because they would continue to sin time after time. And God knew that there needed to be a better way, that there needed to be a perfect way, that there needed to be Jesus. And so we see these things in the Old Testament. And sometimes we may miss them, and sometimes the light bulb may go off. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may, may help things to kind of click into place, and we see something that we've never seen in years of reading. And we begin to see, boy, God had a magnificent plan that was in place. All the little details that he's worked through the Israelites, through the uh, sacrificing of the lamb and the putting the blood over the doorpost and the Passover, and all of these things that we've seen throughout the book of Exodus so far are pointing us to Jesus Christ, are pointing us to a better way, are pointing us to the only way, and that is Jesus Christ. God desires to have a relationship with us, but it's only through Jesus Christ that the barrier of sin is broken that we receive forgiveness and that we are able to go before God. Not on Mount Sinai, but on Mount Zion. That is the heavenly mountain. That is to be in heaven with God. And that's what these verses in Hebrews are talking about. And that's what those verses in Exodus were pointing us to. Now, I don't know what everybody's heart is. I don't know if you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ or not. I don't know if you've asked for forgiveness for your sins. But if you don't, there's a barrier between you and God. But Jesus Christ died on a cross, so that barrier would be, would be broken. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you hadn't done it, you need to do it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words. And I thank you for this powerful uh illustration of, of, of just what that, uh, what that day must have been like for the Israelites as they stood there in your presence, dear Lord. Just the, the, the awesome fear that they must have experienced. Just the, uh, the, the amazing events that took place, dear Lord, as you spoke to your people. As you gave them instruction, dear Lord. God, we are not saved by the law. Dear Lord, we know we are saved by Jesus Christ, but God, we, we take your law and your word seriously. As we study these, these words that you told to your people then, God, we want to see the heart of what you were commanding them, dear Lord. And it was to trust you and to follow you and be obedient to you, God, and to love other people. And let us not miss that when we read your word, not just when we read through Exodus and read through the law, but God, when we read your whole word, that's what it's all about, God, is obedience to you and love to other people. So help us to see that, dear Lord, as you talk about it time after time. And God, help us not just see it, but help us to live it out. God, I pray that if there's one in this room that has never accepted Jesus Christ, dear Lord, that you would help them to see that their sinfulness is, is keeping them from having a relationship with you. But God, you desperately love them. You desperately want to have a relationship with them. And God, you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, so that you could have a relationship with each one of us. So I pray, God, that if there is sin in our lives, dear Lord, that if there is something that is separating us from you, that tonight we would repent of that, God, that we would come to you, that we would seek you, and that Jesus would break down that barrier that, that, is, that is hindering us, that is burdening us, that is weighing us down, God, and that we would throw aside that sin that so easily ensnares, that keeps us burdened, and God, we would be free, and we would just... Be in peace, dear Lord, because of what Jesus Christ did. And I ask these things in Jesus' name.
Amen.